Hello, everybody. We are back with Best Behavior Creative Club. I'm your host, Chris McAdoo. I'm Brad Carpenter. There we go. And we are live at the Tennessee Conference on Tourism and Hospitality. We're here at the Music City Center, and we are honored and super stoked to have Kate Bardot from Obergatlinburg talking with us. Yes, thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Kate, why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself and who you're with? Sure. Well, my name is Kate Bardot. Obviously, I'm the sales and marketing director at Obergatlinburg. I've been there five years now, and I'm really proud to call East Tennessee my home. I love the Great Smoky Mountains National Park mm-hmm. and, you know, outdoors, anything. And so it's just like... I really am lucky to be able to live and work in such a great county. I did come from Wisconsin, so you might hear a little bit of a different accent. I did not hear an East Tennessee drawl. No, no. (laughs) We'll just see how this goes. (laughs) But um, I moved around quite a bit, you know, but I came to Obergatlinburg five years ago. Obergatlinburg has been there since 1962, originally started as the Gatlinburg Ski Corporation. And basically what had happened, the tram was built in 73. And so as we all know it now, and that's when it became Obergatlinburg. Mm-hmm. So that was just a little bit of an evolution of the name of the company. So Gotcha. You know, we've been there a long time. We've had, we have summer activities, winter activities, and, and basically over the last couple of years, we've really been trying to um, enhance our events and the guest experience mm-hmm. as they come onto the mountain. We have people that have been there year after year, multi-generational times of like, I used to come here when I was a kid, so I'm going to bring my kids and yeah. then they bring their grandparents because it's accessible and, you know, all these things. So what are some of your events? Um, some of our events, our new events, we actually just got a new sound stage. It's a 22 foot oh. trailer that has a panel that folds out into a 16 by 16 foot stage with like three rows of lighting and cool. an awning. So we can move it all over the mountain uh, and we've been, you know, having artists come and play on it. And so that series is called Ober Rocks. Okay. So we've been trying to kind of infuse our music, you know, sure. into the guest experience, which I mean is very common now, new for us, but you know, it's very <laughs> it's exciting though. You know, it kind of goes along well with ski resorts and getting outside and enjoying some sunshine. This coming fall, and actually in a few weeks we'll be having Oktoberfest. It's our 10th okay. annual Oktoberfest, and uh, it's a 6-week festival where we have multiple shows a day of the Smoky Mountain Oompa band. And they play traditional German songs and German dress. So That's you can awesome. don your lederhosen and your dirndl and come on out. I will yep. have my dirndl at the ready. <laughs> well, let me know when so I can put that on our event calendar so more people will show up, you know, <laughs> to see that. Well, that's really cool. So actually, I think you're going to be a great person to talk to adapting to change. Yes. Right? Yeah. So tell me how you've been there for five years, mm-hmm. even in that five years. What are some of the challenges you guys have faced and how have you responded and adapted to them? So a lot of it is like guest expectations, you know, and a lot of the newer attractions in the county have all started from scratch and they have the newest and latest, you know, tech uh-huh. thing, you know, the newest website, the new t- the newest ticketing platforms, right. you know, and everything's been integrated and it's easy. And so we basically launched online sales three years ago okay. or so. And so for us, it's also difficult because we have the aerial tramway where you can enter or you can drive up the mountain and park and you actually don't have to pay anything to get into Ober. It's a pay-to-play situation. So it's hard to have the ticketing systems at each. You can't just like buy one ticket uh-huh. and then right. go in. And some of the things are weather dependent. So if you go there on a day that it rains and you bought the ticket for it and then it's just like, what do you do and, and how do you make sure that our guests are all happy? So in that transition, we have launched about two websites 
insights in the past five years, um, just trying to make sure that everything stays current and looks great. Um, we've brought all of our photography in-house. We want to make sure that we have all of our own creative that we use that's Dang very it. timely. Okay. Yep. Um, so we always have somebody on-site taking pictures that's great. of what is actually happening at that moment, you know, so that's one improvement that we've been able to love control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has Frankie been one of the biggest, <laughs> no, 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 I love okay. it. Like what has been one of the biggest communication challenges for you guys, different sure. audiences, you're talking about the multi-generations of folks that have come there mm -hmm. and the language that you use and the approaches that you take to different audiences. Yes, and different seasons, the seasonality of the Smoky Mountains and the vacationers and folks that come. I mean, in the summertime, you have the families, in the fall, you have the newlyweds and, you know, the kind of the tour companies looking for the lead and that experience. Uh -huh, in the yep. wintertime, we're a ski area, and we do skiing and snowboarding, which is considered a, an extreme sport. Obviously, it doesn't have to be extreme. And then in the springtime, you know, it's a transition period for us, and we, we market ourselves as the ski area and amusement park, and we have amusing things on our property, but it's kind of one of those things, we're not quite adventurous because we don't have the zip lines or anything like that, sure, maybe right. someday, but at this point, managing the guest expectations when they come of, like, what to expect at Obergatlinburg. But, I mean, at this conference, even, I've found a lot of interesting ways and my mind is just really spinning of like <laughs> how to tell the story and how to tell and create the content that is interesting to the different generations because that's basically right. what I'm really excited to go back to my team and work with them on kind of getting a new strategy together and getting together and on the same page with several different things so it's an exciting time yeah. I mean I don't know <laughs> no it's exciting and I think particularly for like marketing and communications yeah. you know kind of people like it is an ever-changing landscape yes yes Right. And a lot of what we have heard for the past couple of days is everybody that succeeds mm -hmm. has to have a willingness to adapt. Yes. yes. And it has to have a willingness to change. And you don't take for granted that your audience is going to come to you. Right. Exactly. Right. Gatlinburg is adding new attractions and more options of things to do every year. And um, Ober Gatlinburg has been there in two years. We'll cel celebrate our 60th anniversary as a ski yeah. area. Wow. I mean, so we've been there a long time. We've stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gone through some really hard and lean times. We've had some good years, you know, and so it's kind of like we're, you know, we'll be here evolving through time and changing into what our guests want, you know, instead of what we think the guest wants is really, you know, really important and like listening more and, and figuring figuring out like what changes can we make that aren't necessarily really expensive mm -hmm. but will make a major impact on our guests and help them have a better time hang out longer and then ultimately you know increase sales like spend more money sure. buy more drinks you know all those things that we as business operators want to see but also giving that guest that experience that the memorable multi-generational experience mm -hmm. that they're wanting to come back again how do you guys listen well, you know, obviously like social media, you know, I mean, we answer comments all the time. You know, we try to make it conversational. We let people know that we really appreciate their comments and, you know, that they take the time to write emails to us about yeah, how yeah. we operate our business, you know, for better or for worse. But those, we take those times as learning opportunities, you know, to really try to make it right with them or thank them for giving us the opportunity to thank our staff for taking good care of them. You know, it's a facility that's been around for a long time, but I know that it's well kept. Our janitorial staff keeps everything so clean and nice. So even though it may have that lodgy, older feel, and that's what you have to remember when you come, it's like almost a historical place. You know, it's been there for many, many, yeah, many years. Yeah. And so many people have been through. And it's really, it's just owning that instead of thinking about like, oh, we, we need to have something brand new or, you know, but 
and kind of making it more like a nostalgic type feeling for our guests and they know that they're going to come yeah. and have an enjoyable time. So. But what were some of the, as everybody in Gatlinburg faced the challenges of the fires? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. How did that affect you guys? What did you do about it? And then how did you work with the community that kind of came together, you know, to yeah. raise everybody back up? For me, just a little personal note, I live only like two and a half miles from Ober. So I was 15 months pregnant and I had a one and a half year old. Oh. And so we worked that full day. And I went home and my husband was working down in Sevierville and like, it was really ashy, but I was so used to the smoke from that day. So I was like, oh, everything's fine. You know, everything's good. And then we found out that we needed to leave. Yeah, it wasn't fine. It was not okay. (laughs) It was not okay. It was not okay. (laughs) You know, so we left, um, went to a friend's house. Thankfully, you know, we have good friends that let us stay for the whole week because that's how long we had to leave. And basically the next morning, uh, TEMA, which is, you know, Tennessee Emergency Management Mm -hmm. Association Mm -hmm. reported that Obergatlinburg was destroyed, like completely burned to the ground. And so for us, knowing that we had somebody that was actually on property, it was a shop owner, uh, stayed on, on site and actually helped evacuate people up the mountain because they couldn't pass down. He probably had 19 to 23 people that stayed up with him overnight, and he really saved some people, you know. Anyway, I'm going on tangents, but oh, oh, there's just that, so, yeah, good there are, there's so much about that time, you know. Right. So the next morning, my boss called me right away, and... I do all the news media, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, communication, and mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I'm calling Tima, but you need to call all of the news people and let them know that Ober's still there, that the the news is wrong. They put me live on TV, you know, and I told them that it's like I don't know, like I know Ober's there, I don't know if my house is, but like I know they're there, you know, and oh, I just get emotional. Yes, I bet. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so when it happened, it was the Monday after Thanksgiving. And thank God that it was not during the holiday weekend because we had a lot of people in town and it was just a terrible time. But we made the transition. So it was Thanksgiving and we're going right into ski season, Mm -hmm. right? So we cannot lose any employees. And you know, one of the biggest issues in Sevier County is employment Mm -hmm. and, and keeping employees and keeping them on staff. So we made that transition right away to basically finding our employees you know is everybody safe who needs a home who needs like a place to stay you know and we uh made sure we paid them like right away we paid them the whole time even though no one is working because we can't lose them they need to stay on so when we do reopen then we basically i think we opened skiing on december 10th and i don't remember the exact date that we reopened our operation but so we went from finding the employees and then opening a satellite office on chapman highway which is you know like down in, in Sevierville about, I'd say 15, well, I don't know, 12 miles away or yeah, something yeah. like that. So when we were there, uh, we had to set up all the computers, set up all the networks, get with Charter to set up uh, everything that we need to basically run our operation out of a satellite office. So, you know, you talk about transitioning between the old school and the new school, <laughs> you know, we didn't use the cloud. Yeah. You know, we didn't have everything in the cloud. Now so you have to. Now we do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we, gonna, we made some changes. Yeah. I archived all of our historical photos are all now oh. saved several times in different places because, like, you Amazing. think about what we would have lost. So basically the fire missed us. Uh, it went underneath one of the tram towers. Uh, so we did have to fly in a guy from Switzerland to come and, like, check all the controls for the aerial tramway. Okay. We have a location downtown Gatlinburg, mm-hmm. and then the aerial tramway connects us to the ski area on top of the mountain, which is 2.1 miles away through the sky, three miles in the car. Anyway, so everything checked out. The cables are fine. You know, we'd had smoke damage, but I mean, can't believe that that was it, you know, and it's just, we're all real thankful for that. We just worked together to make sure that everybody 
everybody was okay, got mm-hmm. everybody housing, got them paid. And then when we reopened, we reopened. And it was like the feeling of the camaraderie and the family of like yeah. being there together and like knowing that we're going to be okay. You know, our community is really just a, a great community. I love living there. Even though I do live a quarter mile away from the Gallenberg city limits. I, so technically <laughs> I live in Sevierville. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I just love where we live. And in general, um, we had so many business partners like hoteliers in Pigeon Forge that just opened up their doors to couples and stuff that people had pets. You know, it was just maybe they don't usually do that, but they helped us so much. These are amazing uh, stories. Thank you so much for these <laughs> stories. You're it's welcome. Yeah. Awesome. It's amazing to share, and one of the things that if you are running a business or if you're leaving your house, you know, right. it's like, what would you grab, you know? Yeah. And so, like, what would you take along, or how can you access it, you know? And that's one of those things that you have to ask yourself, like, wor- worst case scenario, you know? And I hate to be Debbie Downers about it, but it's, that's what you need to do to be prepared. And Well, so, you are now put in that situation. Right. I have to ask, what did you grab? Oh, um, well, personally, yeah. um, <laughs> I grabbed really a weird assortment of clothing. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have <laughs> nothing clothes. matched though. I mean, I got <laughs> to my friend's house and I opened it up and I'm like, like, I can't even put together like a sweatpant outfit right now. Cause I've got like business shirts and like sweatpant bottoms. I mean, it was just not, I don't yeah. know what I was thinking, you know? Were you thinking about the kids probably? Yeah, You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah what we did is here. like, we loaded my car with the one year old and then yeah. the dog and yeah. then he sent me off and then um, my husband did grab our wedding picture off the wall. That's I thought good. that was really sweet and some other things that um, just documents and, yeah. you know, but as a business, you know, I think someone went back and grabbed some hard drives, you know, That's from smart. downtown. I mean, that was one of the things is like, we just, the server room, you know, it's like all the things that you just, if it was just gone, what would happen, you know? Yeah. But wow. anyway, that's that. So <laughs> no, those are the um, things like, those are those real stories Yes, because it's not, you know, an attraction doesn't exist, a destination or whatever you want to call it. Like mm-hmm. that's people. Yeah. That's people taking care of other people, and it's people taking care of each other. And in the case of the fires in Gallenberg, mm-hmm. it was so much community coming together. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, our ownership of the company, you know, they really sought to keep people to take care of our employees. That was the number one priority from the get-go is, like, let's get together, let's take care of each other, and then we'll just see what happens, you know? And so people still did think that Gatlinburg fell off the map, you know, like, right. but I mean, ultimately, you know, you probably saw like the mayor do the walkthrough on the, yep. um, the parkway saying like, look, it's, everything's here still. And, and you really wouldn't know if you didn't drive off, you know, through some of the neighborhoods that were devastated that Gatlinburg was even affected too much, but it was wow. mostly like seemingly like residential structures and like up and around the mountains. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and obviously like some of the businesses did, you know, burn and like a lot rebuilt and everything like that and came back stronger. And that's the, you know, only what you could hope. But well, yeah. what's next for now that you have you have been through <laughs> that? I'm going to ask you two more questions. Okay. The first of which is, what is next for like Obergallenberg? What is next? Yeah, what's next? What are you guys looking forward to in the new seasons? We've got the Oktoberfest. Yes. Like the literal next things coming okay, up. Okay, the next things. But yes, Oktoberfest is number one. You know, my our whole staff, a lot of them dress up in lederhosen. Yeah, awesome. And we'll welcome you in their dirndls. So one of the newest things for Oktoberfest this year is that we're actually going to have a proper beer garden. It's going to be a 40 by 40 foot tent that's 10 feet off the ground so you can still see your oh, mountain yeah, views. Yeah. <laughs> that tent will have that stage next to it. So we're going to go ahead and have live music outside and then we'll have I think about 12 to 18 beers on tap outside you know different seasonal like Oktoberfest type beers. Um, we may have to do a podcast. I think so. At Oktoberfest at Obergatlinburg. There we go. So there's that. Um, and then we have our snow tubing. You know that's that's yep, going to yep, be yep. opening. Um, we have a big event uh, coming up on November. It's a 
Friday before Thanksgiving, uh, Back in Blue, it's where we turn the, the whole tubing area into a rail jam. And it's the first on-snow oh, cool. event in the east on the East Coast. Oh, cool. Or anything at a ski area. You know, so then we open the, the, our snow tubing the next day and our first session's at 11 o'clock. You can um, buy tickets online starting, I think, uh, well, October 15th, it's, you know, because then cool. holidays are, get really popular. And then we hope to open up skiing soon after. So it's basically just kind of whenever the, the temperature's right. We made some major improvements on our slopes last year. We bought 18 of our snow guns are actually um, adjust them remotely. Oh. So they can actually turn on automatically and adjust to the temperature oh, wow. and the water pressure uh, based on the humidity and what it, the atmosphere is like right outside the individual unit. So as you know, in the valley up at Obergatlinburg, it could be you know 30 degrees here and then it could be like 28 degrees up yep here so those uh, those snow guns actually adjust on the fly so it's pretty nice so we are actually able to really capitalize on that last year and that's how we were able to st stay open the 92 days and the warm weather snow making we put on the south facing slopes and then the ski school area and our snow tubing so that's basically to help with the load and unload areas right. and help us basically cubway that's the one that's like south facing it gets a little <laughs> too much sun so <laughs> Our last question, I always like to bring it home and, and make it personal. It's like you've talked a lot about experience. You've talked a lot about, like, these are people you care about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what does it mean to you that people have a great experience? Being a sales and marketing director, I mm -hmm. often get stuck behind the desk. I don't see the smiles, and I don't experience the interactions between our guests that are here visiting the Smoky Mountains. But sometimes when I get to it, I do it because I'm like, okay, I need to just go have some interaction with yeah, some people yeah. that are really, truly happy to be here. Right. But seeing them, um, what was it called, that laugh meter that they were talking about, oh, like yeah, measuring the laughs? Laugh, yeah. That is my favorite, is to hear you know, the screams from the, uh, the coaster, of, like people having such a great time on the coaster, not uh, screams of happiness, not, you know, not scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're a little scared, but um, but the coaster, you know, and snow tubing and the alpine slide and bas basically like kind of step people stepping out of their comfort zones a little bit and like maybe trying a new activity like ice skating or skiing mm -hmm. and snowboarding and which is can truly turn into uh, a lifestyle like the skiing and snowboarding. Sure. One quick story, I had one gentleman who's a banker who grew up in Sevierville. Uh, his wife reached out to me and asked, they have I think a maybe 12 year old son, uh, asked should I get him a season pass? Like what should I do to you know because I want to see if he likes it. I told her, I was like, you should buy the winter sports program. It's four lessons, four rentals, four times. Uh -huh. And basically after that, you are a skier or snowboarder, whatever you want to do. And Gus did it too. And now in this year, his wife is doing it. And then now they're a ski family. Awesome. You know, and then now they can go out West and have these cool experiences in the mountains and come up to Ober and basically get ready for those times, you know, and, and, and also have the Ober experiences. And he'll have a completely different high school and college and life experience because now he can do that activity so Amazing. and that's pretty exciting they can do it together and that's what I really like that's is like you can be multiple generations different ages come to over and be together I guess I don't know perfect that's yeah, wonderful together. Kate so. Bardo thank you so much thank you so much for sharing not just the story of Obergatlinburg mm -hmm. but the story of you no, and the story you. of why it matters to you right because that's what it all comes down to thank you so much this has been best behavior creative club